0: Hey everyone, and welcome to Reality by Rage. So, I started this podcast as a safe space to openly share and talk about our mental health following my own struggles with grief, anxiety, and depression after the loss of my parents. My hope. Was that in sharing my story, I could somehow help you feel less alone if you were also struggling. And along the way, I'll speak with experts in their field, covering everything from nutrition to going to therapy and so much more. Because at the end of the day, no one should have to suffer in silence. So let's start getting healthier and feeling better together. Guys, got another fantastic episode of the podcast coming your way today i am speaking with melanie samuels she is a certified functional nutritional therapy practitioner i can't believe i got through that a holistic nutritionist and a wellness expert based in la She has a wonderful company and site called Choose Well with Mel. And even more excitingly, she has teamed up with my previous podcast guest. This is almost like a part two, continuing that uh, conversation. So she's teamed up with Melissa Collier for Mel & Mel. And I love this wellness community they've created because the mindset behind it is exactly that, all about your mindset, not so much on the external appearance and not this idea of a one-size-fits-all approach to how you look and how your body feels. So, Melanie, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Thank you. Well, I would love for you, I want to dive in and I'd love for you to kind of share your story and sort of talk about how Choose Well with Mel started and, and you know, whatever you're comfortable sharing, because I, I think it's a beautiful story of how you've sort of taken something that you've struggled with. And I, I really relate to that with what I've been through and turned it into something really beautiful that helps a lot of people.
1: Thank you. Yeah. So I kind of starting at the beginning, I grew up in Pittsburgh, which we just we just realized we have that um, that commonality, which is awesome. Best Love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, love LA, but best city ever. Nice. Um, and um, I I from the age of you know mid teens, kind of started struggling with my body image um, as many young girls do. Um, it was a combination of just you know things going on at school and stress and things that you're seeing in magazines and all of those subliminal and not so subliminal messages. Um, really affected me. And um, I, I kind of took it out on food and food was the only, the only thing that I knew had an impact on my body. You know, you eat this amount of calories, you might lose this amount of weight and all the things that you read, um, read in those, in those uh, fitness and health, quote unquote, health vaccines. Um, and it really spiraled out of control for me. Um, and I struggled with anorexia and, um, Fortunately, was able to recover from that as I went to college um, and learned that there was more to life than controlling your body. <laughs> you know, independence really helped, and meeting people from all different kinds of backgrounds. Um, I went to school in San Francisco, so it was like a total new new world for me. Oh, that's um, so
0: fun! Very yeah. Good.
1: So that that sort of helped, but then I sort of fell to the other side of things because. know, in college life, you can do whatever you want in a sense. And so I started sort of having that binge all or nothing um, mentality. So, you know, I would, I would binge and then I would go um, the next week eating way too little. So it was, I struggled with this, with this tug of war, all or nothing mentality um, for years. And it continued into my twenties. I then pursued a a career in the television industry and I was working in production and I was working really, really long hours and still kind of struggling with experimenting with all sorts of diets. I felt like my body was just always on my mind. Um, And I, you know, was then sort of, sort of started dabbling into scientific articles about nutrition and, and what actually happens in your body. And um, I was on the show Fuller House where I met um, Dave, of course, and then um, I met his lovely wife, who's now one of my best friends, Melissa cool, She's the best. She's the
0: best. It I want to be a third wheel on this friendship one day. That's that's my ultimate goal <laughs> for having you on the podcast, not to share your knowledge. Let's be honest. <laughs>
1: I mean, Done. Done. <laughs> We would love
0: that.
1: Oh, um, I love it. So that's where we met. And um, after a few seasons of that, I just decided that um, my passion was becoming bigger than my passion in television and the frustration of lack of balance completely, because when you're in, when you're in that industry, you really do put everything into it. And so I did a, what I call a quarter-life crisis, and <laughs> I, uh, I went back to school, and I just clicked, I felt like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. And um, luckily, you know, I've been able to work with people in the business um, who I was connected to then. And it's been such a great continuation in just a whole new way. Um, and, you know, through school, it really helped my own struggles. Um, I figured out what foods worked well for my body, what combinations of foods worked well for my body. And I, I really did find this amazing balance between, between it all. And, um, I was like, I want to spread this message and I want to help others, others find this, find this passion. So that's how, um, choose well with Mel came to be.
0: Oh, I love every, everything about it, especially I know you probably weren't happy about it at the moment, but this quarter life crisis situation, I mean, I want to break that down for a second, because I think honestly, I think a lot of us struggle with that because I feel like I, I will call myself an elder millennial, not you. <laughs> but basically right. I feel like we're sort of in that struggle of like the past of like kind of how our parents were in this very structured way of this is what you do. You get married and you have a kid and you get a house and so on and so forth. So to sort of pivot like that, like what what do you think kind of gave you the courage to do that? Just wanting to change your life and then share that message that kind of combination of that because I find that so fascinating and really it's so cheesy because it's overused but brave because that's a tough decision to make to go back to school and, and do all of that that's incredible
1: yeah it was hard it's funny for me it was kind of the opposite with my parents because my parents are classical musicians um and my dad's in the pittsburgh symphony so you ever want to go <laughs> that's <laughs> um, amazing oh yeah. my god yeah wow. so i was like okay they chose something really unconventional so i can too and i did by choosing by choosing film um and tv yeah. and so um i, I kind of thought you know, they, cause I do still care very much about what they think. And, you know, I was like, okay, well that is still something within the, the arts. Um, and, you know, going back to school, doing something so drastic, I had to talk myself into it. Um, because it was more my own stress on myself to be this type A, like you, you commit to one thing and you finish it through. Um, but I think it's also kind of the new norm. I saw so many people um, starting to do this. And I I talked to a couple of holistic chefs who were, you know, lawyers before, and then all of a sudden, they just decided to, um, to go back to to culinary school. And so I I became sort of inspired by other people's stories. And um, that really was comforting that I was doing the right thing. And once I got to school, um, the people that I was meeting, I mean, one of my closest friends who I met in my class was a um, elementary school teacher who was just burnt out you know so we all had these like we were almost like these like nutrition refugees <laughs> <laughs> I
0: I love that picture that you just like painted. <laughs> that's adorable and oh my gosh that's too funny that's yeah. too funny I love that I and I want to talk a little bit about school like how how long was the program and what would you say were like the three, like the top three things you walked away with, like from learning, whether it was about yourself or nutrition or maybe a combo of those two things. Cause I think that would be so fascinating to kind of hear and have my audience kind of hear about that process. Totally.
1: So yeah, the school is called the Nutritional Therapy Association. It was it's such a wonderful, um, such a wonderful program. And it's when all is said and done, it was about a year, um, but super intensive within that. So, um, you know, a lot of people do the program while they're also a full-time parent or a full-time, um, you know, other, other career. Um, but, but yeah, it was a wonderful experience. And I think the biggest thing that I took away was I loved their holistic approach. So, if I were to go, have gone to a conventional um, university, for example, which of course there are tons of wonderful nutrition programs, but they are teaching a different method, um, which is more sort of old school. Um, and when you go to a holistic training, um, you learn about just the things around what you're eating as opposed to just what you're eating. And that's something that I, I really preach in my practice, which is kind of the whole food story. So like the who, what, where, when, and why. So two people could be eating the exact same meal well, one person could react completely differently. And so when that happens, you look at what they were doing when they were eating, what they were thinking about, where, were they on their way to work or were they sitting down outside in a beautiful scenery? So, um, my school really helped me figure out that, that health is a puzzle and you have to really consider each one of the pieces in order to put them together. So, um, so that would be probably the biggest takeaway. Um, and just that food is so healing, um, especially when it's combined with um, how you think about it and how you're talking to yourself in the process. Yeah, I, I I think the psychological aspect
0: of eating, it it's something like our especially American culture and so it's so. In in your face, like you 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 made me think of it. it's it's hilarious. It's this animated movie called Over the Hedge, and basically though it's even though it's for kids, it's certainly like a bigger message there. And it's just about this like consumerism and and this consumer culture of food and overindulging and all of all of these things, and also eating without thinking. Like I think happens so much more than like we could even possibly register until we kind of take that beat, take that, that pause. And I feel like, and maybe you can answer this, that also has a lot to do with how our bodies are going to handle that
1: and, and digest our food. A hundred percent. Um, we, so we're taught, you know, in school about the parasympathetic state, which is, you know, in order to properly digest your food, your digestion really does begin in your brain. So, You, you know, it's really important to establish a a routine and a ritual around eating, whether it's expressing gratitude before a meal or taking some deep breaths, because that really does put the whole cascade into action properly. Um, But, you know, if you're on your way to work and you're not even thinking about the food and you're just kind of shoveling it in, it's going to be really hard for your body to digest that because you're probably not properly chewing it. Um, you're stressed out. So you have this big output of cortisol, which is your stress hormone. And all of those things play a factor into your stomach acid. And I mean, if we really want to geek out here, there's, yes. there's, a, there's a lot of, of, of things that can happen when you are stressed out. And if you know that feeling when you, know, you get that email, maybe it's from somebody who's a little toxic, whether it's in your work environment, your stomach kind of drops. Imagine if you're eating during that.
0: I guess what I'd love to kind of get at for my audience is how, how do we even start to find that, that balance, right? Like me, I, I am so grateful, you know, I have a a job where my company is on, you know, the West coast. So our time difference is very different. And, you know, I kind of get to get up now and take a couple deep breaths and sort of like ramp up for my day. But let's be honest, the majority of people, they don't have that kind of time. So what I guess would be your first suggestion of how to even grasp like that five minutes or something to hold on to where maybe, yeah, you have a packed schedule, but you can still make sure that your body
1: is taking in food the right way. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think, I think a couple of things, the first is food is an acceptable priority to have. And I think a lot of people don't think of it that way. I think a lot of people think that their priorities are getting out the door in the morning, you know, making sure their kids are, are okay um, and getting a shower. And all of those are obviously acceptable priorities, but I really think food needs to be in a pri- in that priority list as well, because if we are properly nourishing ourselves, we can show up better as parents, as friends, as spouses, as coworkers, all of it. And so when people realize that food needs to be prioritized in order to show up the best you can, I think it's a lot easier mentally to be like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to make sure that I have this prepped for my breakfast, or at least I know what I'm going to have for breakfast tomorrow. And I know that I'm going to carve out a couple of minutes um, to have it. And, you know, in the work environment, which this is kind of something that I've personally experienced and also help other people do is speak up for yourself. You know, there's nothing wrong with asking whoever is, you know, dictating your schedule to say, Hey, do you mind if I have five minutes to just, just eat and I'll, I'll make sure that we get it right to back to this. And people laugh in my face when I say this, they're like, you know, you can't do that. And I'm like, well, did you ask? <laughs> because if you say, I just need five minutes to focus. I, I truly think that that's, that is not unreasonable and um, it's just one step closer to, to balance. So
0: I love that. And I think our work culture to to your point is, is shifting in that direction where it's like, okay, that you can spare your employee for five minutes. Like, cause to your point, they're going to show up better because they've had that sort of mental break. And that nourishment and their bodies accepting it while bring more energy, more productivity. So I think it's almost shifting your mindset as the person that's in charge of like, how how can I make sure I'm benefiting my employees in order to benefit my business because it's a win-win all, all around.
1: Yeah, I really think so. And I mean, we know what that hangry feeling feels like, whether you're on each end of it. And, and that's just hangry is simply a, a very, very low dip in blood sugar. And that's, you know, we, we don't want to get to that point. And, um, so even if it's just packing some things that you can easily grab, um, when you get hungry at work or wherever you are in in that environment to just make sure that you have this stable blood sugar.
0: I, I love that. Yeah. You don't want to see me when I'm hangry. It's it's not a great situation. <laughs> me either. <laughs> so I, I want to talk a little bit. I I was reading your bio and I love this quote that you have that is basically the reason that you, you know, again, started Choose Well with Mel was this idea of turning confusion into purpose. And I, I want to talk about what that means and sort of this process of trial and error you know, with food or elimination or mindset or sort of what that process looked like for you. Cause I love that.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, it, it truly was. I was confused because I had tried it all. I had tried every diet under the sun um, every cleanse, you name it and nothing worked. And that's, that's what you hear all the time, or maybe something did work, but it only worked for a week, you know, and, and there was no sustainability there. So for me, I really had to kind of do a few things. The first was, um, getting out of my head about which foods were good and which foods were bad. Um, so, you know, for example, you know, a lot of people are afraid of carbs. So let's, let's say rice was, was the trigger, um, you know, I was so afraid to eat rice, but what I didn't realize is if I just had that with a good protein source and a good source of fat, and then just had a, you know, a little bit on the side, it would be, it wouldn't do what I thought it would do to my body because it was, it was complementing the foods around it. Um, and that's what balance kind of is, whether it's in your life or whether it's on your plate, um, it's finding all of the components that work together to make this, this perfect place. Um, So that was one thing is just understanding the science behind food and what it needs to do together. Um, And then the other thing was just finding healthier alternatives. And I don't think there's anything wrong with loving a food so much that you want to eat more frequently and finding a healthier way to do that. Um, And, you know, that for me, that was like, you know, going back to carbs. We all love carbs. So we have pasta maybe once a week, but I usually use like the brown rice pasta or the lentil pasta and I'm still satisfied. Um, and I'm actually more satisfied because it keeps me fuller longer. So there's, there's benefits to finding, um, healthier alternatives because you do then get that craving satisfied and still feel good. So Healthier alternatives were were a really big game changer for me.
0: I I love that. And I feel like that also is in line with sort of that that mindset shift, right? Like for instance, like I I I love my sweet. So like why can't I have a gluten-free brownie or something that has less sugar but still kind of hits that spot or maybe it has some protein in it? Um and I think I think that goes again to your point of it's more it's more of a mental process than sort of actually like the food or this external thing it's about getting sort of that concept in your head like almost reframing it and your thoughts around food
1: 100% yeah and i mean for you specifically you know if you are struggling with a certain inflammatory condition, you want to be using those better ingredients because they're, they're good for your body and they, and you can still live that, that balanced life. Right. And, um, you know, I feel like I need to send you some, some brownie recipes now.
0: <laughs> um,
1: yes, please. And you also said
0: something else amazing, which is something that's really been on my mind, especially as you know, I'm a few years away from 40. And one of the things I think about is you know I want as best I can my like my body to hold up and 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 function and one of the things I feel like personally I deal with is is that inflammation and that I feel like that affects my joints and how I feel and I would love for you to share maybe you know top three things that you can kind of eat or approaches to sort of reduce that inflammation um, naturally.
1: Yeah, for sure. So I would say my top three, and I'm going to hit one from kind of each category. The first is hydration, um, making sure that you are drinking enough water. The average, (laughs) there you go. Cheers. (laughs) The average American is dehydrated. Um, we, we drink way too little water. Um, so, you know, a really good way to figure that out is to take your approximate body weight. I never encourage anyone to weigh themselves, but approximate body weight and divide it by half and that would be the amount of ounces that you should drink a day. Um, so that would be a a big suggestion because when you're hydrated, you're lubricating your joints and you're allowing all of the nutrients to pass through your body. Um, and you're, you're hydrating the whole picture. Um, the second thing would be to make sure that you're eating real whole foods the majority of the time. So did it come from nature? it could be on your plate. With that said, you know, if you do have autoimmune disease, um it's important to know that you know, certain foods don't trigger anything like nightshades can be um an issue for some people and not for others. So, within that, generally speaking, um to have a really good quality protein source, um if you eat animal products, great um, to have lots of different color vegetables. And then if you can tolerate grains, um, once in a while to have a a good whole gluten-free grain, um, you know, maybe once a day or something. Uh, so yeah, real whole foods. And then the third thing is, is just making sure that you are managing your stress and, Your mind is aligned with this whole process, whether it's just speaking kind, kind words to yourself in the mirror, um, whether it's expressing gratitude for the good things that happened that day before you eat, because all of those things are going to help the, the former things that I mentioned.
0: Yeah. I, I I think that's so pivotal. And honestly, to your point, I don't think people realize that they're dehydrated or that, they're in flames. Like if, if, if we're being honest, I don't think that's something that we're really honed and tuned into.
1: No, you're totally right. And I think people really become comfortable in this uncomfortable. It's like, well, this is just how I am. You know, I'm used to it. There's nothing that works. And sometimes it's actually just the simplest fixes, but we're so extreme and by nature, you know, that we just think that we, well, I don't want to change everything. Well, maybe you just need to change two things, you know? So um I and it, it's easier said than done. I, I've been there, so I get it. Yes.
0: Hang on. I'm sorry. I'm gonna turn my heater off so it just makes sure. um, Apologies. Hang on. Okay, good. That shouldn't be too noisy. Yeah, I love it because I think too that it's sort of that all or nothing approach that leads to things not being sustainable. Um and I'm wondering, you know, when you first bring on a client, because I want to, I know we're coming up on time, so I don't want to keep you too much longer, but I want to talk about this process of becoming uh, a client of yours, because I found it so fascinating, this breakdown, that the first thing you say is, are we even a good fit, like, <laughs> and I, I was just like, I, I don't know, that really blew me away, and it goes to show your heart, and why you're doing what, what you're doing, and, and, and I love that, like, you're not just here to, kind of throw different approaches and see what sticks it mm-hmm. you really want to get to know who you're working with and I love that so I, I want to talk a little bit about that please and then sort of what are like the major things that people are coming to you with like misconceptions about food or what's working for them or not working for them and those sort of like aha moments that you have with your clients
1: yeah, well, no, that's thank you for bringing that up about the application process, because I never wanted it to come off as intimidating. But it is exactly just that, like, I want, I want us to be a good fit, because I really, truly want to help and change your life. Um, if I, I'm not, I'm not a one size fits all nutritionist, you know, I, um, I've turned down people before, because I think that someone else would be able to help them more than I do. So my, I've sort of pivoted into this niche of helping women Um, get to a place where they are happy with their bodies because of their relationship with food. So I really look for people who are struggling mentally, um, as well as physically, of course. Um, We cover, you know, let's say somebody comes to me because they they haven't been able to lose weight. Um, That's something that I can certainly help with. Um, But I'm not going to give you a meal plan. I'm going to teach you how to make your own meal plan. Um, and I'm going to really ask you some hard questions about maybe why, why we haven't been able to, and a lot of it is up here. I'm pointing to my, to my head <laughs> in case it's not the, yeah, um, a lot of it is mental. And, um, and so we really figure out what that's going to look like in making changes. So the, the biggest thing that I've seen is misconceptions about what to eat, um, and being very stressed out around mealtimes, times. Um, another thing that I work on is, is figuring out our internal clock. So a lot of people skip meals, wait till they're too hungry. So I try to really get people on this, this nice cruise control um, when it comes to blood sugar and when it comes to um, making sure that you're prioritizing food.
0: I love that. And I think you also sort of dispelled something about nutritionists, which is exactly what you said, like are not going to get a meal plan from you. Like that's, that's not how this works. And I, I absolutely love that because if you're going to offer a meal plan to me, that feels so one size fits all, like you said, which it, no, like that's not how it works. We're not going to do keto. We're not going to do, you know, all veg. That may not be the right fit for you. Sort of this blanket meal plan because your nutrition is going to be different than mine and, and, and have different needs.
1: Exactly. I might tell you, you know, make some suggestions about the types of meals and maybe give you some recipes, but it's ultimately going to be up to the person to, to, to implement those changes because they understand what their body needs. Yeah. And
0: I also love that you specifically work with women, because I think one of the things that women struggle with, especially as we get older is our hormones. And I would just love for you to touch on how food sort of plays plays a role in regulating that because I think that's a huge deal in how we feel with our fatigue and brain fog and things like
1: that. For sure. So I mean, from the from the moment you wake up, you have a chance to support your blood sugar and therefore your hormones. Um, so especially for women, um, our hormones are so so important to be stable because of all of the changes that we go through, whether it's every month or whether it's you know in a few decades or whatever that that looks like. Um, so. The, the most important thing is to make sure that you are curbing that blood sugar and making sure that it's nice and stable. Um, so not waiting too long to eat when you are hungry. The science has shown that that's the moment that your blood sugar starts to drop. So it's, it's eating when you're hungry and not ignoring those cues, but then understanding what to eat when those cues are happening. Mm -hmm. So I'm a big believer in breakfast, um, you know, a lot of people aren't hungry in the morning, but sometimes that could be a reason that something the day before didn't go well. So, you know, I think three meals a day is a really great way to have stable blood sugar and, there for stable hormones. Um, and like I said, making sure that we're not going on these major, um, ups and downs and that we're getting nice and steady with, um, how we're feeling throughout the
0: day. I love that because for personally me, it's I am not hungry in the morning. And that's something I'm kind of working toward shifting that waiting until one, two o'clock to eat that I don't maybe think is the best fit for me anymore. And something I'm kind of working on adjusting. Yeah,
1: Yeah, that's so incredibly common. I I see
0: that all the time. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And I I, I do because I think that's, again, a very uh, stereotypical thing. It's like, oh, well, I can wait. I don't have to eat breakfast like I shouldn't eat actually breakfast is sort of this new norm that's that's coming or you know if I eat breakfast I'm never gonna lose weight right
1: exactly I I, yep you're you're speaking from the client handbook
0: (laughs) Ah, I love it and well lastly Melly, while I have you I would be remiss if I did not of course talk about my past guest Melissa and how you guys came together for Mel Mel because like I was telling her I, I love y'all. The, the branding is adorable. I'm like a graphic design and like branding nerd. I love it. You guys are amazing. I love your story a little bit from what I've heard from from her, but I would love for you to talk about that team up and kind of what you guys are working toward and what you provide like in, in that community because I think it's really special.
1: Thank you for saying that. And all the graphic design is all Melissa, so that she gets all the credit there. Hey, she has awesome. such an incredible eye, and she brings so much creativity and amazingness to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, so we started working together as soon as I, you know, became certified and ready to go. Um, Melissa struggles with lupus, as she shared, and so we we've been working together now for about four years, four or five years. I honestly keep can't keep track because what is time? Um, (laughs) uh, she, she has come so far, um, because she's tackled all of these aspects of what to eat for inflammation, how to think for inflammation, the people you surround yourself with for inflammation. And so, um, with she's the epitome of the fact that it takes a long time to get to this place. And she's in such a great place now. And now we're just working on maintaining. But basically, because of her success, we were really inspired to share that with other people. And so um, as soon as the pandemic hit, and we both were like, what are we going to do in quarantine. And we, you know, live in two different places. Wow. So um, we just decided like, let's start something. So um, we have been working on um, a couple of products. One is um wellness related, but not as obvious. And the other is a project that um hopefully will be coming to life in the next year. Um and it has to do with it's a it's a guide to personalizing your wellness roadmap, um, to an anti-inflammatory life. So that's all I'm going to (laughs) say. I love (laughs) it. That's a, that's a great tease. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. I know. I feel like all we've been doing is teasing, but it's, it's just, um, good things take time to grow. So, um, Uh, yeah, but, but it's going to be a a really helpful thing, I think, for people who are struggling with this very thing.
0: Awesome. And can I have you two on together when this is like, ready so we can talk about it
1: please. i hope so absolutely that would awesome be-
0: good good i am so grateful for your time today and and for my listeners uh Millie has a new baby so this is like so special that she said time aside i am so grateful and as we come to a close where can people find out more about your work and how to connect so they can see if they're a good fit and maybe have those conversations with
1: you yeah, um, absolutely. So um, you can follow me on Instagram. I'm at Choose Well with Mel, and then my website is choosewellwithmel.com. And um, under my uh, services or work with me tab, um, you can fill out the application if you're interested in working one-on-one together. Um, and then you can also follow uh, Melissa and I at Mel and Mel Co on Instagram, and that's that's the best place to find out um, what's going on with us fantastic
0: I will leave all of that in the show notes um and you guys can find everything there and connect with Melanie and Melissa again I am so grateful for your time today so thank you for your insight and sort of this holistic approach to our bodies because there's a lot of toxic stuff out there and I think sometimes it's hard to sort of get through the muck especially for women and when you deal with body image um so I'm so grateful that you brought that to the table today
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Rachel. It was so great to meet you, and hopefully we can get together in the Berg.
0: Guys, that is it for the episode. As always, thank you so much for listening. I am so grateful. If you like what you're hearing, go ahead and hit that subscribe button over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. I am so grateful for your time and attention. And as always... Forgetting your dose of reality. I'll catch you in the next one.